Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and intentional ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. For this episode, I have found some pretty interesting Pelicanus news for you. I have categorized them into legislation, science and technology, and animals. The first two categories have the regular amazing stuff, but the last category is amazing in the sheer number. Frankly, I couldn't believe how many of the great stories popped up in the last two weeks. So instead of going into depth with each, I'm just going to look at the headlines and maybe one bullet point or so. You can find the rest of the information and links to each on peliconist.org, though. Also, we have received an amazing comment about these news episodes, recommending we give context for what each of these headlines mean. So I'm going to try and do that the best I can to help explain what these stories mean to conservation, obviously in my own opinion. We'll try it out and see if it works. All right. In this first one, under legislation, uh, according to AP News, the Senate passes the Great American Outdoors Act. Senate approves $2.8 billion plan to boost conservation in parks. The Senate has approved a bipartisan bill that would spend nearly $3 billion on conservation projects, outdoor recreation, and maintenance of national parks and other public lands. A measure, supporters say, would be the most significant conservation legislation enacted in nearly half a century. The 73 to 25 vote states that the bill would spend about $900 million a year, double the current spending, on the popular Land and Water Conservation Fund, and another $1.9 billion per year on improvements at national parks, forests, wildlife refuges, and rangelands. For context, um, since 2017, there have been about 100 major environmental laws under attack, with about 60 that have been rolled back in some way or another. Similarly, funding for conservation has been reduced dramatically, and criti critical conservation science has been dismissed or dismantled. These policies and funding directly affect our water, air, and food, not to mention wildlife and threatened habitats. With the current attack on environmental laws and regulations, this bipartisan bill allocating such a large commitment to conservation projects is a happy reprieve. <laughs> All right, on to the next one. French Citizens Council on the Environment proposes making ecocide illegal. This one's from France24.com. After nine months of deliberation, a citizens' council set up by French President Emmanuel Macron 
to explore measures for cutting carbon emissions urged the French leader to hold referendums on adding environmental protection to the Constitution and making the destruction of nature a crime, calling the crime ecocide. Ecocide is criminalized human activity that violates the principles of environmental justice, such as causing extensive damage or destroying ecosystems or harming the health and well-being of a species. The Citizens' Convention on Climate, made up of 150 randomly selected members of the French population, I'm really curious about that, was established as part of the government efforts to quell the Yellow Vest anti-government protests that erupted in response to a new carbon tax on diesel. The French president indicated that he would consider holding a referendum on several of the council's proposals, according to members of his ruling LREM party. For context, this is interesting because it's one of the first times this word and idea, ecocide, have been proposed for a country's legislation. The ecocide idea has been around for a couple decades, but it took hold in September 2019. And in December 2019, the Pacific island state of Vanuatu made a bold statement at the International Criminal Court's annual assembly of state parties in The Hague. When they, rec when they recommended that The Hague recognize ecocide as an international crime. Other sim similar environmental rights issues have been explored to expand the moral circle beyond the human. That include non-human personhood, which is extending personhood to things like mountains and rivers, animal sentience projects, uh, as in New Zealand, and constitutional environmental rights that are increasingly being considered globally. All of these cutting-edge reforms emanate from the Revolutionary and Precedent-Setting Endangered Species Act that was enacted in 1973 by the United States. All right, moving on to science and technology. This one's out of bbc.com. One-fifth of the Earth's ocean floor is now mapped. The initiative that seeks to galvanize the creation of a full map of the ocean floor says one-fifth of this task has now been completed. When the Nippon Foundation GEBCO Seabed 2030 project was launched in 2017, only 6% of the global ocean bottom had been surveyed to what might be called modern standards. That number now stands at around 19%, up from 15% just last year. Uh, some 14.5 million square kilometers of data was included in the grid in 2019, an area equivalent to almost twice that of Australia. For context, today we stand at the 19% level. That means we've got another 81% of the ocean still to survey, still to map. That's an area about twice the size of Mars that we have to capture in the next decade. This is coming from project director Jamie McMichael Phillips when she told the BBC News this. All right. Iceland is undoing carbon emissions for good, turning CO2 into stone. Again, out of the BBC, carbon emissions are causing climate change. So rather than sending carbon dioxide into the sky in Iceland, some are turning it into stone. Heavy industry in Iceland contributes 48% of the country's carbon dioxide emissions. 
Even though these industrial facilities run on renewable energy from hydroelectricity and ge geothermal power, CO2 is released as part of the process of producing metals like aluminum. The larger the country's industrial facilities produces silicon metals, which are used in steel manufacturing as well as aluminum, much of which is exported and used in the automobile industry. Capturing the CO2 released from these facilities' smokestacks, injecting it into the Icelandic basalt rock nearby, and waiting for it to turn into stone. For context, this concept is known as carbon capture and storage, or CCS, and versions of the technology have been tried and tested for years. Typically, carbon capture and storage involves capturing the CO2 and separating it from other gases, transporting it by pipeline or ship to a suitable site, and then injecting it deep underground. It can be injected into large areas of sedimentary rock or depleted oil and gas fields, among other sites. There it is stored, usually at depths of at least one kilometer, and over, times it, and over time it is turned into a harmless carbonate mineral such as calcite, one of the main components of marble and limestone. However, most of these are small scale or still under construction. Only two large scale power plants with carbon capture and storage currently are in operation. One in Petra Nova carbon capture in the US and the other one in the Boundary Dam carbon capture and storage in Canada. Moving on to animals. Um, like I said, there's a lot of uh, headlines here, so I'm just gonna read them off. You can, um, Find all these headlines, though, on peliconus.org. So first one, almost 50 blue whales spotted off the coast of San Francisco, a possible record number. Um, blue whales are listed as endangered under the Endangered Species Act, and they've had a really hard time increasing their population. So uh, the sightings of 47 blue whales over a single one-hour period on June 13th and 23 blue whales the day before is really special. White rhinos, their numbers increased by 34,000%. This one's a little hard to get my head around. Um, and I think there's some caveats in here. But by 2011, numbers have increased uh, for the white rhinos from fewer than 50 to over 17,000, mainly due to the work at the HIP Park in South Africa. This next one is, um, this is a extremely difficult story to understand, so I'm not even gonna touch on it, but you can find it on livekindly.com. The Dutch parliament votes to shut down all 128 mink farms. Um, they are one of the only governments that um, produce furs like this. So this is really great news, but it is um, pretty complicated. So the next one is pangolins return to region where they were once extinct. For the last uh, 30 or 40 years, these pangolins have been ecologically extinct in um, one of the provinces in South Africa, but because of some significant conservation efforts, they are now there in a rewilded project. Uh, closer here to the United States, a new ocelot is spotted at Laguna Atascosa, the National Wildlife Refuge in Texas. Ocelots are extremely endangered um, here in the United States. I think there's about 60 um, and only 13 
uh, other individuals have been documented at this refuge. So even just the sight of a new one is big, big news. In Australia, the endangered smoky mouse was feared wiped out during the bushfires in January, but it has been found alive in one of their national parks. Uh, due to 58 cameras that monitor wildlife, they saw this uh, endangered mouse. So hopefully that is good news for the recovery of this species. In Florida, a manatee mother and calf were released in Sarasota. Uh, they were found injured on Mother's Day weekend. And after some rehabilitation at the SeaWorld there, they were released. The floppy-nosed saiga antelope, one of the most critically endangered species on the planet, has a baby boom, raising hope for this species. Um, this one is really special to me because um, in 2019, only four calves were counted. Um, there was a lot of issues a couple years ago as well with um, a lot of saiga deaths. But this year, over 500 calves were born. A, an amazing sign that a lot of their conservation efforts are working. In Pakistan, the, one of the world's rarest dolphins is rebounding. Up from 132 in 1972, the latest count has 1,987 Indus River dolphins. In Africa, researchers captured drone footage of rare African tree lions in conservation study. That actually is worth looking up if you have a chance. Speaking of lions, in Gujarat, uh, it is now home to 674 lions, a uh, 29% increase in the Asiatic lions population. Next one is California Channel Island Fox has a remarkable recovery story. This one is completely worth reading. Um, it's fascinating how they were able to do this and um, highly recommend it. The Last story is my favorite. Highly recommend looking this up. An armada of 65,000 sea turtles are caught on a drone cam flocking to the Great Barrier Reef. The photos and video of this are truly spectacular and it is just so special to see this massive amount of turtles um, going to Rain Island. That was a lot, and I appreciate you listening to this entire roundup of stories. Uh, if anything, my takeaway here is that conservation efforts really can work, and these projects are, um, well, they're a sense of inspiration to me, and I hope for all of us. Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking with you next time.